Well, surprise, Slava. We are having ourselves a brand new special edition bonus episode. Yeah. Part of the reason we're doing a bonus episode. And then we also wanted to do a little more, spend a little more time on the side quest that branched off from Roadside Picnic. So for for some context here, uh, because this is a special episode, Slava and I are going to skip the formalities. We're also on a time crunch tonight, so we're going to just dive right in. We're talking about Monkey's Paw, which is a story about a friend who comes to visit a family, and he was out and about in the world known as a sergeant major, and he had in his pocket a monkey's paw, a mummified paw of a monkey that he got from a, what was the name of that? title the some the, the the guy that blessed it that's a good f- question f- you look that up while i'm explaining so a, a certain character blessed this because he wanted to remind people that fate was what ruled their lives and not their wishes but this is an extension a longer side quest from the end of roadside picnic where the stalker red ends up running into uh an orb that allows him to have a wish. And then I briefly dove into D&D and wishes and and then remembered Monkey's Paw, and it's a short story, so we thought we'd dive into it. Yeah, so the guy, the name, the title of the guy, the old man, is Fakir. An old Fakir. Old Fakir. Placed a spell on the paw. And a Fakir is, it's an Islamic term traditionally used for... Sufi Muslim ascetics who renounced their worldly possessions and dedicated their lives to the worship of Allah. Yeah, so, thank you, Wikipedia. Surprisingly, I did not know this word. And I say surprisingly because I've studied Islam, not extensively, but I thought enough that I would have known this. But there you go. Sergeant Major Major Morris is given a monkey's paw by a fakir during his travels. And this paw grants its holder three wishes. Now, the it's an interesting setup because the story itself just dives right in where the father and son are playing chess and the wife is there knitting and there's a rap on the door and then his friend comes in. He's three glasses deep and the Mr. White, the owner of the house, is like, oh yeah, weren't you telling me something about a monkey's paw? It's like nothing important. And he then goes on to describe how a fakir had put a spell on it. And that spell was to grant three men, three separate men, three wishes. And then we get a little bit more information that there was one owner before Sergeant Major used his three spells or his three wishes. And then Mr. White pulled it out of the fire so that he could have his three wishes. And... His first wish after a little bit of cajoling is 200 pounds, which is, you know, a a fair test wish if you're granted three wishes and it's like, well, I don't know if this works, so let me just go something small. And we find out shortly after that, because nothing happens, although he does seem to think that the paw moved in his hand. Something I wanted to add is he wishes for $200 so he can make a a house payment. So it was kind of flippant, but it also had a purpose, right? It was it was a test, but I'm like, hey, I'll test this thing out, and at least I'll make a payment on my house. Mm-hmm. And then what did it cost him? His son's life. Right. So we didn't know, but he had two sons. Didn't he have two sons? Or was no, he had one the, son. The Herbert. one son. The one son. Yeah, okay. the one son. 
So yeah, everything seems to go well. His son and him are bantering. Everybody goes to bed. He's made this wish. Son goes to work the next morning. And a man from the company that he works for, the factory that he works for, comes and says, hey, your son's been killed in a terrible accident, but we're going to give you a goodwill payment of 200 pounds. Yeah. I don't think anybody would willfully trade their son or daughter's life for a house payment. I think they'd probably prefer to be homeless. But as with all magical relics, you don't get to set the rules. You are simply a pawn in the game. Yeah. So they actually did a rendition of this similar idea in 2012 in a movie called The Brass Teapot, where this couple discovers that their teapot will make them money whenever they hurt themselves. So they it's a journey into how far they're willing to go, also to test fate, to receive money specifically. So it's a little more specific, but it's the premise is the same, where there's a magic relic and it offers something, but at a cost. That fate always has its costs. So one thing that I really love about this story is it dives in, it tells you the mechanics of the story and the relic in the first couple pages. Right. There's no time spent on needless exposition, right? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you do need it, and we've talked about authors who take books to set up a world and characters. And that's fine yeah. for, the, for those stories. But here, out of the bat, you know what you're dealing with, and you kind of know that as soon as this guy makes this wish for 200 pounds, something horrible is going to happen. Yeah, especially going to feel it. Especially if the first guy killed himself, the owner that was a friend of his was trying to burn it and said you should leave it in there and also needed to get 3 drinks deep, maybe 4 before he was willing to talk about it. Right. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, I enjoyed the second part of the book, the story after the arc. I guess it's not an arc, but the second part more because it shows it shows what people will do in desperation. Yeah. When, when given these kind of items, because the $200, 200 pounds, they didn't need it. It's no. not like they were no. going to be homeless. They were just like, wouldn't it be nice to pay off the house? Because this is 1901, and 200 pounds apparently pays off your house. Guess uh, so. Or whatever, you know, this was published in 1901 or 1903. Yeah. Um, or 1902. Either way, 200 pounds is a lot of money. And that's kind of understandable. It's almost understandable. And then you kind of see how easily a human can be broken when the wife wakes up in the middle of the night and says, hey, we got two wishes. Wish for our son back. Oof. Yeah, when I first uh, reread this earlier this week, I was like, nope, you don't understand carefully worded wishes. You, that's the dumbest, especially if you wish for 200 pounds and then there was a cost. Your you, son's life? You're, you're, that son is coming back as a zombie. Yeah, 10 like, days no later. Questions. You, no questions. No questions. Just like, come on, man. If you're going to write a wish down... It needs to be carefully worded, which is why I'm super excited about a book that's not out yet that will have some sort of relevance because the the author is pretty good about his titles. Andrew Rowe, R-O-W-E, has this series that I eventually want us to dive into, but it's got magic in it, and there's a character named Rin Jaden, and the book Carefully Worded Wishes is about Rin, who ends up being, when we meet her in one of the later books, I want to say she's a thousand or two thousand years old or something like that. So clearly something took place in her life that she was able to carefully word wishes to achieve whatever maybe part of her goals were. 
but the I just love the book title, especially branching off of what we talked about in the at the end of Roadside Picnic, which was Dungeons and Dragons and how it has a, a spell called Wish. And the players basically try and linguistically dance around lockstep to create a wish that cannot be broken, cause their characters no negative or ill effects. And then the dungeon master's role is to purposefully break it. And sometimes you'll see guys on Reddit going through and going, hey, my players gave me this wish. How can I break it and make them pay? Awesome. Which is really fun. Yep. So this woman begs her husband, right, to make the wish. He relents and makes the wish. And not a few hours later, there is a knock at the door. And the woman, excited that the cemetery is only two miles away. Woof. Yes. Uh, Or should I go, mommy. Yeah. Night of the Living Dead outside her door. And we're assuming. It might not be. He might be alive. Maybe he's a fast zombie. Maybe he's a fast zombie because two miles, you know. Well, no, it took him like two hours, I guess, to walk two miles. He's a slow zombie. But listen, (laughs) he doesn't have to be a zombie. He could be completely reanimated as a full human without any memories of the last two days or whatever. But the price is you pick your poison. Like, he has terminal cancer. The He... Out of fright, kills his parents because he doesn't recognize them in his house. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm almost kind of going off the rails here with the examples, but almost not because you don't know what the price will be. No. It doesn't have to be a zombie. It could be something worse. A zombie you could kill if we're allowing a zombie in the story. You could kill a zombie. You could, but it was, I mean, the, the, the mother's frantic and she wants her baby boy back. So sure. she would keep it as a pet probably. Pro- oh, yeah. Like in a... Yeah. Shaun and, of the Dead? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yep. And, and we, we, I think I asked the same question before, but like, how would you word a wish, Slava? Right. And, and I wasn't, and I thought about it this time, and I'm still not prepared. I wasn't prepared when you first threw this uh, question out. It's a curious question. Of, yeah. Right. And I racked my brain for the last couple of days, and especially the last 40 minutes before we recorded, and I don't know. I don't know, because if if I have a monkey's paw that my friend gave to me, and it's in the context that this paw was given to Mr. White, I would probably not wish. At least I like to think of myself in that moment in time going, nah, I'm good. Let the, you know, let it burn. Now, if I have access to a wish-granting entity, and I just have to make a wish for whatever reason, and I have no evidence to think it's going to be bad, because I've never heard of the monkey's paw or whatever, in this hypothetical, whatever that looks like, I would go with my wish that I wished at the end of that episode, or the, you know, the hypothetical wish, is I would ask for a talent. And my talent was to be able to sing. So that's the easy answer. Yeah. If I find myself in a place where I have to wish for something, and it has to be careful, and I have an hour to come up with it, or whatever. I'm not, you know, that's sure. I, I think an hour is a fair amount of time, right? Like, fine. Put a time yeah. limit on. Yeah. How far do you get before you go insane? Okay. So I want to be able to sing, but I want this talent to be lifelong and I want my life to be comfortable because I used that phrase in the previous episode. Uh-huh. And I want it to be comfortable, not like a lazy slob, but in a way that I could do the things I like, which are A, B, C, D, and E. And I want those things to be fulfilling 
and not kill my wife and not alienate my children and not alienate my friend. Like, where does it end? Like, how, yeah, you how many describe, caveats do you put in? you you, you got to describe a paragraph. I think it, yeah. it boils down to something like, specifically for your wish, I wish for the talent of being able to sing at a, we'll say, rock star level. You know, maybe it's opera, whatever you're into, right? Like, insert adjective of the, the level of skill required for that singing ability. And then the caveat is, at no expense or, or something like, with the expense that it costs, the negative or ill effect happening to someone that I'll never meet and have never met before. So that covers all the, the, the that covers the front end of all the people you know, right? Yeah, I suppose you could wish evil on somebody you do know. Well, we're we, somebody yeah. you worked with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could. Well, and I mean, we're gonna take this side quest a little bit because I've got to also figure out what my wish would be, and then we can think about negative wishes. So at the expense of someone that you've never met or would have ever met. So to the rest of the world, it seems as if a fluke thing has happened, and they don't think anything of it, and they don't know that you gained from this wish. And then I think that the wish also has to end with something like the cost has to be a one-time expense where I get to maintain the, the talent at a one-cost expense for the wish being granted, whatever. Because maybe it's like a K-pop star has to die for you to get the, the, the level of talent that, you know, whatever. It keeps your conscience clean, theoretically. Now, I actually, I can already break this wish. So we grant you the wish, and then you feel the tingles and, and you get it. And then the next day you get called for a, a rock concert contract. Well, <laughs> someone did die to give you this wish to grant it. But joke's on you. You didn't become a better singer. Everyone else's hearing just got lowered to your level. Very cool because that goes into something I want to talk about a little bit later. But yes. Yeah, yeah, keep going. The, well, that's that's just the quick one-off thing where it's like, all right, the, the wish wasn't specific, uh, specific enough to raise you to the level of and this is where you'd have to write out a contract, like deal with the devil. Devil went down to Georgia looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. And it's like the devil's in the details. You got to figure out the contract because even though this entity, this monkey's paw is not a devil, demon, whatever, it has some sort of power and, and we were told that it's fate. So you need to understand that fate is a fickle mistress. She's like the ocean she's like poseidon she she ebbs and flows with her whims and she she reigns in chaos like tiamat so anyway getting to my wish that's a, that's a t- is a tough one it, it is because i think the only time that we think about wishes is when we're posed with the question or we're watching aladdin or arabian nights something that involves other wishes and you go oh i wonder what i would wish for so I might wish for my first wish because I actually I think I have a narrative here I can I can pull off. We'll see. You try and break these wishes. How about that? That's the game here. Let's try it. I wish for a, what's the word? An ex, an exhausted tome of information about how exactly the monkey's paw works to appear in front of me. The cost can be taken from someone I've never met before, nor would have ever met. Because we're also just going to assume that it just takes a life to cast all the spells, right? Because that's the only example we have. And there will be no ill effects to people that I know. The book doesn't just appear in front of me, but it is mine to keep for generations. Okay. That's my first wish. All right. So you want me to break it? Yeah, break it. The first thing that came to my head is that you wouldn't have enough time 
to absorb it well, like this tome, because it's, you, you didn't wish for it to be inside your head to have exhaustive knowledge. You wished for a tome. Mm-hmm. So this tome could be a book that never ends, and you're reading it and reading it until you go insane. Ooh. Or it could be written in a language I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh. do you know Arabic? Ancient Arabic? Because there's... It, it, Arabic did change a little bit, you know, because my professor in uh, Bible college, he translates ancient Arabic and ancient Hebrew texts, like from the 600s, 700s, oh, wow. 800s. So, and it's different than modern Arabic. And, you know, you have different dialects too, you know. Oh, uh, uh, you want to you want to make it even worse for me. It's written in a cipher language that nobody knows. There you go. It's like the Dawn chant from... Navani and Dalinar. Nobody knows it. All right, well, so I've gotten my book at the cost of... Who Who, who did I kill? Another Kid Pop. <laughs> Another kid K-pop. Pop. Wow. K-pop. Yeah, Kid Pop. I guess we're not going to be famous in Korea anytime soon. If it has to be a one-for-one, one, or not even for a one-for-one, one, but it has to be something analogous. Yeah, analogous. So I killed a pop star so I could be a pop star, I guess. Let's say you killed a professor, somebody who knows, who has de- a decent amount of knowledge about the only History one who could have deciphered it. Even better. The only one who could have deciphered it. That's even better. But I was just going to say somebody who could have added true knowledge to the world by teaching his students <laughs> in Frankfurt University. He would have thought taught a student who might have who might have cured cancer in the future, and he's not going to cure anything because this professor never instilled the love of science in him or something. You know? Yeah. And I mean, he can go. He can go as, as intricate yeah, as you, you want. Can, like I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, going yeah. down rabbit holes here. But let's say he killed a. A professor who could have deciphered deciphered it for you. Man, that's funny. Yeah, you, I'm just thinking about the ramifications of that. Of like, okay, I get the book. I'd probably take time to try to decipher it, try and figure it. I'd take time to research. I would eventually discover that this guy died and was the only one who could have helped me. And then I go, well, ain't that kicking the bricks? So my second one would be. I thought I had it nailed down too. I was like, I'm gonna wish for the knowledge to be in a book that doesn't disappear instantly because I was thinking about how do you break this? Like, I want the book to appear in front of me and it's the conclusive whatever. And I was like, well, you could take it away where it's like there for two minutes and then it's gone, right? Like it's a time-based thing, whatever. I wish to be, to have my intelligence and knowledge raised to become the, now, make a note, raised. I'm not, we're not dumbing this down to yours because we learned that lesson. Raised up to become the most prolific. I really don't want the attention for that. Um, that's a lot to deal with. Yeah, because as I was thinking, like you're, you, you're assassinated Bombarded. by, by Bombarded some lunatic. By, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. I wish for the ability to. This is is just Pandora's box here. I wish that I was instilled with the innate knowledge and capability to craft magical items out of mundane things by understanding the natural laws of the universe and everything therein. Again, at the whatever the caveat at the end is to to protect your family, right? Like, so that whoever has to die is someone we don't know. Stephen Hawkins. You killed Stephen Hawkins. Twice. Twice. He, they, they, they brought <laughs> he him back. back. Yeah. He brought him back just to... <laughs> wow. All right. Break that, break, break that one. All right. So let me, let me say it back to you. So, I'm get, so you have infinite knowledge of that's something. That's probably a fair... Yeah, that's probably a fair... Of something. Not, you're not like omnipotent, but you have... No. 
you're you're more than just like what I'm at, like what does they say a jack of all trades a master of none but that is deep that's a deeper it's a deeper you know that um, phrase actually is uh more than that do you know more that? than that yeah, yeah I do and I like okay. the it's still better than being a master of one right so if you know a little bit about everything it's yeah. better than if you know only one thing but it's the way it's used in our society it's you know so we're scratch that if I understand you correctly you have exhaustive knowledge of a few things in the universe you understand Things that, at like Stephen Hawkins level, maybe, or maybe double that, right? Right. Specifically to create magical items out of mundane things. Right. So, second part. So, specifically to create magical items out of mundane things. Now, if your knowledge is exhaustive, I'm assuming you will make items that won't bite you in the butt, right? Me, yes. Right. Or, because your knowledge is so exhaustive, you create them... But to the other, to the muggles. Yeah, 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 yeah. They they are destructive, just like the... Right, oh, yeah. Uh, just like yeah. the alien artifacts in the roadside oh, picnic. Shoot. So instead of doing anything good for the world, you just killed a bunch of people because... <laughs> I didn't kill one person. They either go insane. I they either go insane. You're the creator of the monkey's paw. And fakir might be just uh, a secondary, a means to an end. That, I that am particular the fakir, fakir now. Yeah, you're the fakir now. But you have... Killed Herbert. You have some guy blew his brains out, and Sergeant Major's a drunk. Now you might not care about that, but if you are asking for this power to do good, that to me is where the break is. Wait, how do the Muggles, the regular folks, because you are so much above everybody else in this knowledge, how do the regular folks not get bad side effects? That's an awkward way of saying. No, it, yeah, I think it? that you're right. I think that's yeah. the, the train of thought where it's like, okay, another one is I didn't say that I could use them, just that I could make them. Which is, there a, you that's, go. Yeah. that's on me. So they could hurt you, because you could create something that you can't control. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, see, it's difficult, man. It's difficult. All right, third one, third one, third one. Oh, man. I wish that every... Everybody's happy and free. No, forget that. I'm about to unleash chaos on the world. <laughs> <laughs> that the... Screw you. What's his name? Red? Red Sugar? Red, yeah. Yeah. I wish that the spirit realm which powers the monkey's paw and these magical items that i create and these entities that exist were no longer able to hide themselves on a different plane of existence it is now that plane of existence is now visible to all mankind from here moving forward all right so we're again all with dead. the caveat again with the caveat at the at the end about my family and yeah, friends obviously i've noticed that i'm not in part of any of your freaking caveats no you your are friend? you're my friend Okay, well, you said, you said family. So. No, I said family and friends. Ah, okay, never mind. Yeah, never mind. Every time, it was family and friends. That's why we <laughs> came up with the caveat at the end where it's like anyone, it has to, the cost has to be someone that I've never met before or whatever I've met. Right. That, yeah, yeah. It, that protects your, your entire network. But it could limit it too. So let's say I am a superstar. I, I have the voice of an angel and I kill somebody that I would have never met. Yep. Or see, I would have never met. Yep. I was about to say I could have uh, killed off a producer that you know could have given me. No, that's uh, why I said would have never met. Right, which gives fate a little more of, a, of this like predictive presence because uh, about how you would have acted. So I really want to interrupt our, our conversation and go you know a side quest within the side quest. Do it. I, yeah, my last one is just you know unleashing the pits of hell on Earth. That's awesome. That's fine. I'm I'm okay. Right. I'm your friend. I know you're making this wish. And I'm like, yeah, that that thing over there with six heads eating a child, 
across the street, you know, <laughs> I'm okay. And Jen calmed down and it's fine. Yeah. Right. You're fine. Yeah. You guys are fine. Yeah. yeah. We're, At least we're for a while. Yeah. Um, so there's this book by Stephen King called 112263. And it's about a man who finds a time portal in the back of a restaurant. A time machine. I could wish for a time machine. And he's convinced by his friend who found it first to go back in time and to stop the assassination of JFK. Hitler? Oh, all right. Because he believes if you stop the assassination of JFK, then A, B, C, D, and E, and I'm cutting the book like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. These four or five things happen, and they're good for the world, and they're good for America. And you get to save JFK. The old dude convinces the young dude and their friends. One's a teacher, one's the restaurant owner. And so he convinces the younger dude to go back in time and try to prevent the assassination. Now, what happens, you go back, you go through this portal, you're there for, you go to two years before the assassination. So you have to live in the past for two years, make friends, make alliances, and then stop the assassination. Once you come back, Woof. once you come back, only two minutes have passed in present time. But your body, your mind, everything has, has lived those two years. So you come back two minutes after you left, but you're still two years older to the rest of the world, except you're not. But anyway, what happens in the book, and I'm going to really condense it down now, even to like a one thirty second of the plot. So what happens in the book is the past pushes back. He meets characters, and he goes on little side quests in this book in the two years leading up to the assassination, which he prevents, which he prevents at the cost of his love, that he fell in love with in the past, and no matter That's how many fine. times how many times he goes back, he alters the future in detrimental ways. Like he saves a kid from being brain damaged because his dad was like walking around with a sledgehammer, killing the family. He saves the kid, but it's still like the future is uh, is horrible for this kid because after he saves the kid, he saves JFK, and because he saves JFK. America in the early 2000s is a radioactive hellscape oh. because he, you know, so the twist there is JFK actually unwillingly did more harm than good by being alive. And he doesn't place any blame on JFK. So there's no politics in it. Like, you know, yeah. left the right. Yeah. It's just for the sake of the story, King says, saving of JFK led to more turmoil. And that's not what I want to get. I, I, I want to slice this more thinly and I keep going off on this, the, the side quest is the past pushes back so fate kept fighting with him like trees would fall on the ground accidents would happen things would get in the way people would get in the way and then he like the the while he's uh wrestling oswald with the rifle (laughs) the love of his life gets shot and dies what's she doing there well she's now helping him he has convinced her that he's a time traveler he's convinced her that he's a time traveler because he's proved it to her and now she also wants to help. And she's dedicated to him because he saved her from her abusive husband, who she's trying to get away from, and there's a divorce and all that stuff. A lot of intricate little side quests within the book. But the point okay. is, to what you're saying, the past pushes back. Fate, you can only, no matter how intricately you word that wish, you can maybe alter certain things, and maybe to a degree reality, for the sake of the argument, yes, but ultimately, fate will win. Now, whether it's a guy fighting time with a time machine, two guys with the monkey paw, fate ultimately wins, right? And in this world, with the monkey paw, obviously, I'm a rock star, you're some freaking, you know, guru. Demigod. 
almost demigod because you create, you know, not only do you have infinite knowledge of certain things, intimate knowledge of certain things, you create things. So you are, that are magical powers, that have magical powers. So I'm a rock god, you're a demigod, but at what cost? Life's panning out pretty well for us. I'll take that. I'll take that reality. Keep your third wish to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I made three. You didn't make three. Yes. Yes, you keep your third wish. You nope, only get nope, two. No, no, no. You're unleashing unleash, the ha- no. hounds of hell upon us. Okay, so now let's talk about let's talk about uh, my other two wishes. I got to really think yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you can take us off on a side quest while I think about it. If I take more well, than fifteen so seconds here, I, in our next episode, I want you to come back and in the intro, I want you to because you're going out to dinner with your wife here in a bit. Ask her what her three wishes would be. This is a fun game. This is. is your next party game. If you had three wishes. The person makes their wishes, and then the receiver of the wish is the grantor. They play the role of fate, and you try and break the wish. Yep, yep. So, my second wish. I didn't think this through at all. I get musical talent. That allows me to pay the bills and a little bit extra so I can do the things I want to do. Yep. Without being burdened with a 9 to 5. So, what's my second wish? Winning the lottery every day for the next three years. No, because who needs all that? Like You don't. You don't. But I wonder no, you, what the cost would be. Yeah, you don't, because Inflation. if you're a rock star, you have enough money to <laughs> do what you want to do and relax. And obviously, like I said in the previous episode, I'm not just going to sit on my butt and like no, no, you no, know, no. snort cocaine. I am going to work at my musical career. I just want the talent to do so, because that would be interesting and fun and fulfilling, and it wouldn't be a nine-to-five. And then I can do my other stuff as a side gig. Or when I retire, I can do that full-time and live in the royalties. So I don't know if I need a second wish. Maybe no, no, I no, do. you have to. You have to. I, I did three wishes. You have to do three wishes. Huh. This is difficult. So I'd wish for an ability to ab- absorb and retain languages. Like being able to take like a couple language courses. Uh-huh. and like, all right, I get it. Because as someone who studied three different languages and... Someone who has, I wouldn't say poor, but almost their ability to retain languages, very low, almost to the point where I think if I try to learn language now, I wouldn't. But in my 20s, I was Neuroplasticity able to do Neuroplasticity would disagree with you. If you try and learn a language right now, you'll be all right. Yeah, well, maybe. Okay. But when I was a teen, absolutely. I learned French in like a year. But all right. All um, right. Well, I got to so, break the wish. All right. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. So you wish to absorb and retain... Additional languages, any and be language. able to speak them. Yeah, just be able to speak them. I not let me let me pick a, let me pick three languages. I would okay. want to do Italian. I would want to do Spanish. Matzabal. There you go. And I would let's do Hebrew because I, that's the one that almost almost <laughs> broke me in seminary. So that's just just for the sake really? of conquering it. Yeah, Hebrew, Italian, and Spanish. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, so you didn't say speak in the original wish. You said absorb and retain. So I'll give it to you because you said it in the second one, but I, that was going to be my initial, like, okay, you can absorb and retain them, but you can't speak them. You can you can understand people, but you can't speak it. There's like some sort of stopgap. But you did say it on the second one, so we'll give it to you. Well, joke's on you. All people from those three groups died. <laughs> You committed mass genocide, unbeknownst to you. You now have no one to speak with. I like that. That's a good break. That's an evil, good evil break for a monkey paw. Can I choose other languages now? 
Because <laughs> I have I have three other languages. No, now. you got to pick your third wish. I mean, if that's your wish again, you and you are expecting the same thing to happen. Let's find out. No, no, no. Uh, my third wish. There's this mass genocide for three major people groups in the world. Just like Death Note, that just everybody just dies, like yeah. heart attack yeah. type stuff. I'm surprised you didn't wish for a Death Note notebook with unlimited amount of pages. Oh, I think they have unlimited amount of pages. That's what a theory online I uh, does it. I watched. I mean, that would make sense. Yeah. Okay. Let's go with that one. Let's go with that one. I have. I'm turning myself into a word because the third one has to be evil. You, you unleash the hounds of hell. I did. I did. Uh, so I wish. Ooh, wait! Don't say it. You should wish for Pokeballs, because I've already taken my three wishes, to capture the Hounds of Hell in Pokeballs and make them your make them your pets. <laughs> this won't go poorly at all. Is one of them a Shinigami that has a death note? Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. Right. Maybe that's your new quest. Okay. So what's your what's your real wish? My real wish. So all right, so I know music and I know three languages and they're all dead. And now there's um, a huge, massive plots of land. You know, the fight between Palestine and Israel, it's over. You Palestine you solved it. You yep. solved it. Good job. You solved the... Ma- <laughs> Good Lord. The crisis in the Middle East solved by one wish. Yep. You're welcome. Also, we know we don't have olive oil anymore. You mean Arabs can't make olive oil? Uh, well, I'm thinking about Italy. Oh, Spain and Italy. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're screwed. But yeah, yeah, the Lebanese Eric. have some sort of olive oil. Lebanese make olive oil. Okay, all yeah. right. Well, it's just the well, production's fine. gone down. You've affected the whole. And the olive oil is now like ninety dollars an ounce. Yeah, it's worth gold. Yeah. yeah. Look at you. I hope you hoard. You're welcome, it. Lebanon. Hope you use uh, your rock star money to buy a bunch of olive oil. Good. <laughs> all Jesus, right, so, take the wheel. Not that wheel, because it's the the wish thing. Like we. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. Um, okay, so I'm a. Rockstar. Rockstar who can speak Lang- three dead, dead languages. languages. Three dead languages. Wow. So now in my free time, I, I travel the world and, uh, I don't know, speak in conferences. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't, break, you didn't break my wish by saying everybody's dead and you've forgotten your native tongue. That would be fucked up. That'd be funny. <laughs> that would be funny. Now you can only speak... You yeah you it was at the cost of your first language that's a good one I like that yeah all right your third yeah. wish come on you gotta I go to dinner soon like, no yeah, you're on the spot on the dog on the spot death note that's a good one like I get an, an a, no I don't want death note forget it like uh, I can just, it's gotta be evil think evil it's gotta be okay all right I'm, oh, I'm thinking boy. evil uh oh and this is this is from a from a team building exercise at work oh boy I have the ability. Like an X Men ability, oh, and it is to Rogue. project images into people's heads and manipulate manipulate their minds. You're a mesmer. and animals, animals like Beast Whisperer or Aquaman, whatever. I can also do it to humans because we're going to go evil. So I'm choosing something evil. So Magneto only with instead of bending metal, I bend minds. Yeah, I think that's a mesmer. So mesmers are as much a mystery to the Fae as they are humans. They know how to control others like a living puppet. Mm, not exactly that. No, I don't want a puppet. I I mean, I could. I would essentially have that power, but my whole right. thing is a little different. Yeah, that's not exactly. Uh, mesmer is uh, something that was in a different game, and I'm thinking about hypnotic induction held. Hmm. 
Yeah, hypnotic in- mesmerism. Hypnotic induction held to involve animal magnetism. Yeah, but I'm not talking about David Blaine. No, 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 no. I'm that's, talking about I know, real I ass, know. Yeah, yeah. Evil. The fame. You know, the hounds yeah. of hell are among us. I, I, I get to, I, I get to control them by being able to control them with the what was your wish mind again? tricks. Mind control. But say the wish again. I wish to have this. Yeah, the, your X-Men, wish was the power. The power. The power. To be able to control the minds of men and beasts and supernatural entities. Okay, well, you know, you had a second to... So, here's the thing, because we, we go off on the rabbit trail. You change your wish after the fact, because you know that you have to include it, because I'm supposed to break it. You didn't say supernatural entities. I don't even think you said men or humans. I did. I did say men and beasts, and as we were talking... I said that would be how I would control the hounds of beast you released. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. So it's like Code Geass. The first time that you control them works, but then they're immune after that. And they know that you did it. So every time you use it, you instantly make an enemy. That's a good one. That's a good break. That's a really good one. Rough, man. Mm -hmm. What kind of a world did we unleash? This is why, people, this is why you can't make wishes. Even if they're carefully worded. Not that we put a whole lot of time into it because it was just for fun. Or was it? Didn't you wanna didn't you wanna reference uh R. L. Stein at some point? Yeah. So when I was re listening to this uh, this book, this short story before we started recording, I was reminded of an Arl Stein book I read as a kid. And I read all the Arl Stein books when I was a kid and all the Christopher Pike books. Uh, both of them, when I was a kid, were really big adult, young adult horror writers. So the one that uh, the one that uh, stood out to me, and, and I looked it up, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is the one." Is Arl Stein's "Be careful what you wish for." Quick, quick plot synopsis. It's just literally like four bullet points that I put together. So Samantha Bird, uh, B Y R D, is a tall and clumsy girl who's the subject of teasing from all her classmates, especially a girl named Judith. She's horribly teased, right? So on her way home, she's stopped by this mysterious woman who's obviously a witch. And because she helps the old woman find her destination, because she's lost in this town, Sam is granted three wishes. So Sam automatically says, well, I want to be the strongest person on the basketball team, on the, oh, on the girls' middle school basketball team. Oh, boy. She realizes in a couple of games that her skills have not improved. It's everybody else yeah, in the division yeah. just sucks. Yep. Right? So she's all, like, upset about it. And then, you know, her second wish, she's like, all right, fine. Uh, that didn't work out. So I wish that Judith would just disappear. This person who torments me all oh, the time. Oh, boy. She would just disappear. So everybody in town disappears. Like, everybody that's connected to Judith disappears. So anybody who 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 somehow knows this school is part of the school is part of this little enclave of people into town disappears sam wakes up and nobody's anywhere right and then she's like fine and each time she makes a wish here's the point each time she makes a wish the second one or the first one is reversed so she gets to start over and so with her third wish she says all right i want judith to love me to like me i I want her to know that i'm great and see me for who i am so now Judith adores her, but it's nauseating. It's excruciating. And to the point where, if I remember correctly, Judith sneaks into uh, Sam's home. Pact. Almost. So 
Sam is like in like going nuts at this point, and the witch goes, "You know what? I'll let you fix everything. You get one more wish. Do whatever you want with it." Oh no! So, and I, I think the witch was being malicious. Of course, of course. Yeah, and so she goes, "Well, I wish that Judith met you instead of me." And then I'm going to read you a. I'm going to read you the plot synopsis I found online, which is going to be better than my explanation of it. So Clarissa, the witch, offers Sam an extra wish. Sam wishes that Judith had met Clarissa instead of her. Suddenly, Sam finds herself stranded by the edge of the woods and sees Judith talking to Clarissa, the witch, and suspects that Judith's wishes will also go very wrong. She suddenly eats a worm, flutters her wings, and gleefully flies away unaware of anything that is wrong. So her name is Bird. Bird. She gets teased by Judith. The what's what really blew my little 12-year-old head reading the story is like how people will never learn. Like Judith of course will wish for Sam Bird to become a bird, not knowing what that would bring. But Sam got her wish. Judith will experience everything that she experienced at the hands of this witch. I thought it was a cool recall of of childhood, uh, revenge reading is a horror. Dish best served lukewarm in reverse. Yes, served to your enemies. Served. I don't know. Anyway, that was the bonus episode. This was a good time. Yeah. Well, let, let's end it real quick since we were going through the whole the whole short story. The last wish of Mister White is for his son to be dead again. Yeah, I forgot we didn't cover that. Yeah, so his wish is for his son to be dead again. The knocking stops. The 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 wife opens the door. Zombie son or whatever the hell that was is Gone. no longer there. And like the Mister White holds his wife, holds his wife, and they just kind of sit there. And we're not given the consequence, the price of the third wish. But I think, unlike many people, unlike us with our three wishes, and I know we were just goofing her off. Mister White, I think, learned his lesson better than Sergeant Major Morris. I. It was yeah, self-preservation, yeah, so maybe not, because yeah. it was really self-preservation. It wasn't, you know, maybe he didn't learn a lesson. Maybe he did. Maybe he was afraid. Carefully worded wishes. Carefully worded wishes. But anyway, what would your wishes be, folks? As always, Spotify and Instagram and TikTok is where you can leave us comments. If you leave them on Spotify, there's a place to leave what you think about this episode. Yep. Leave your wishes there or go to IG and leave your wishes there. Both are linked in the description. And you were going to say something, Jonathan. I was going to say, write your wishes down and we'll break them. Yes. We'll do another bonus episode or maybe the beginning of one and we'll break them. We'll use it as as uh, as stuff for the intros because that'll be a good time. Hey, uh, so-and-so user has said that they wish that their dog had 18 legs. I like it. I like it because we can do listener comments and listener interaction and all that kind of fun stuff. But we need more listeners, so like, share, subscribe. We are predominantly on Spotify, and I'm okay with that. Most of our listeners there. It's growing. It's growing. Oh, no, it's down to half. It's only at 51% now for Spotify. And now folks are using the web browser and Apple Podcasts. Great. Well, whatever you are. Oh, and Anchor. And Anchor. Well, Anchor is now Spotify Podcasts. Not on the app here. Still says Anchor. Okay. Well, I guess still working on the bugs. But anyway, good people, like, share, subscribe, answer our uh, 
which question will interact with you. Also, let us know if there's books you want us to read. We're gonna we're yes. about to do another book that a friend suggested because we enjoyed the guest episode that we had with Spencer on, and so we're gonna bring on another guest and see how that goes. Yeah, and silly me, I forgot which one, but one of the last two episodes. In the way of kings, I put in a poll. In addition to the question you can answer and the comments you can leave, there's a poll with three books. Go vote. All right. Goodbye, wishful people.